As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Late night Midnight on the interstate And I didn't feel so great Until I saw the city Welcome back to Straight from the Source. I'm Michael Russo. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. My guest today, Mason Shaw. Mason Shaw uh, had a great sit-down with him and you're going to just love this podcast. He is so well spoken. In fact, this is 3 in a row with well spoken athletes uh Kaylin Addison, uh Jesper Valstad, and now Mason Shaw and you're going to love uh just uh he brings us through his uh journey to the National Hockey League which all wild fans know by now has been uh, an adverse one with uh multiple knee injuries and and what really kept him going and you know um the support of his family but also really behind the scenes of just how a lot of teammates in Iowa over the years really took care of him, uh, reassured him that he would get to this point. The Matt Reeds, the Cal O'Reilly's, the Mike Liambis's, um, people that really uh, kept him going down there. Um, so I think you're going to really like this podcast. He talks a lot about um, playing against guys like Crosby and Malkin, his best buddy, uh, Carson Soucy, his, uh, living with uh, his best buddy on the team, Connor Durer. Um, in fact, um, Mason is on his way to Iowa uh, today, in fact, to get all his stuff, and they're moving out of the hotel. Believe it or not, Connor Durer, he says on this podcast, has been living in a hotel since he got to the National Hockey League, and they're moving actually into Alex Goligoski's townhome in downtown Minneapolis um, together, Connor Durer and Mason Shaw. He talks about uh, why he changed to number 15. Lots of fun stories about uh, about so much stuff during this podcast. Uh, his love of karaoke, uh, working at M- Mitch McLean's uh, camp up in Brainerd, um, who his biggest motivations are, um, you know, the music that he likes, uh, all that type of stuff. So 
Um, hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, I mentioned Alex Goligoski. Man, what a win on Saturday night against the Carolina Hurricanes. Alex Goligoski draws into the lineup because they were honoring him for playing his thousandth game way back on October 20th. Between that game, October 20th, and the game on November 19th against the Carolina Hurricanes, Alex Goligoski had played one time, scratched in 12, but played one time as a seventh defenseman, logging nine minutes. And let's be honest, he they, they played him the first four games of the season just to get him to the thousandth. Then John Merrill came back in the lineup in Boston, and pretty much Alex Goligoski had been shoved to the sideline ever since. And he was only put into last night's game, I think, as to not embarrass him and have him in street clothes when he was honored on the ice with his wife and his kids um, and his family in town, two suites in the uh, upper bowl end zone, excuse me, in the suite level end zone on the shoot twice uh, side of the wild rink. And Goligoski comes into the game and winds up playing so well that he winds up in overtime on the second shift of the game, replacing Jonas Bardeen and scores the overtime winner, the third of his career, first since 2017, on a setup from Sam Steele, slides into the corner, and then that tension of what this last month has been like for Alex Goligoski absolutely came out of his uh, his uh, his body when he was interviewed by first Kevin Gorg and then in the locker room by us. And... Um, it's been a tough, tough go for Alex Goligoski. He asked for a meeting recently with Dean Evison um, and uh, has also been in conversation with uh, Bill Guerin. And as uh, Joe Smith wrote the other day and that I've been alluding to for a while, um, there's no doubt that Alex Goligoski wants to play for the Wild and wants to remain in Minnesota. But if he is going to suddenly be pulled from the lineup again and and just, you know, left for dead essentially into the in the press box and be just a total seventh defenseman on this team he's going to probably uh ask bill Guerin to move him at some point that's my uh speculation on this situation but maybe uh last night's game alex scoring the game winning goal and playing quite well throughout the game uh will get him uh definitely in the lineup on wednesday night against winnipeg but per- perhaps uh many games uh uh in the future we'll see how dean evison deals with the uh with with the situation now though with uh how they play Goligoski. do you go with 7d 7d again remember one reason why they went with 7d against carolina was they were able with three or four days off before wednesday's game against winnipeg load up the ice time for kirill kaprizov he played 23 minutes a night but you can't do that uh, it's not sustainable for long stretches to go with 11 forwards and 7D and just give a ton of ice time to uh, Kirill Kaprizov. Remember, they play on Wednesday night against Winnipeg, but then Toronto comes to town for an afternoon game on Toronto. So you don't want to just uh, uh, just wipe uh, Kaprizov out. So the question is, if Goligoski plays Wednesday, which Dean Evison made it clear he will, what do they do? Do they pull out a Kalen Addison? Um, do they pull out a John Merrill? We will see. That's assuming that Marco Rossi gets back in the lineup. Now, um, Marco Rossi was scratched last game. He has one assist, no goals in 16 games this season. Um, I asked Dean Evison in the morning skate if the team had been debating maybe sending him to Iowa at some point here to get a confidence-building trip, get some touches, get some points, um, and start producing. And uh, Dean admitted that that is some conversations that they're that they had. Now, Marco Rossi had a meeting with Dean Evison yesterday, and Dean indicated to him that he just wanted him to t- uh, to watch a game from above and that he would be in Wednesday's lineup. 
but we will see. Again, you know, at some point here, if Marco doesn't produce, um, I think he's going to be sent to the minors. And part of me thought that maybe he would be sent to the minors before even Wednesday's game. But as of now, um, he has not been sent to the minors. So it looks to me that Marco, um, at least if nothing changes in the next uh, couple hours here, um, that he'll be at practice on Tuesday and play uh, Wednesday night and draw back into the lineup. We will see, though, because I'll tell you what, Nick Pitan came up and played really, really well. So if you're going to play Marco on Wednesday, who's coming out of the lineup? Are you really pulling Pitan? I don't think you're pulling Sam Steele out. He's the number one center of this team. You can't pull Sam Steele out. Plus, he scores the winning goal or the tying goal with 237 left in regulation the other day. A great play by Kirill Kaprizov and Jared Spurgeon to set him up in the slot. But that play all started with Sam Steele winning a board battle high um, um, along the boards by the Carolina bench against, I think it was Noson, and then he gets the puck deep that started that whole forecheck and pressure by the Wild here. And that's what I've wanted to see from Sam Steele. When you watch Sam Steele, it is so obvious that he's got great speed and skill. I mean, this is a guy that, I mean... you know, heck, in the World Juniors, when he, after being a first-round pick, there was one year where he had more points than Kel McCarr in the World Juniors, right? I mean, this is a talented, talented player. He was a junior star. There's a reason why he was a first-round pick from the Anaheim Ducks. Where I have been, um, you know, concerned watching Sam's play here is um, along the wall. There have been plenty of op- plenty of cases in the last little while where he has just not been strong on the wall, and it's resulted in chances against or goals or or all sorts of problems. But last night, I thought he was very committed, clearly took advantage of playing with Kaprizov and Zuccarello. He's obviously going to get another game there um, at least Wednesday night. So, uh, you know, I don't think Freddie Goudreau worked. We know that Tyson Jost didn't work. Uh, Tyson had a, a try with those two as well and slowly worked his way down the lineup to the point that the Wild put him on waivers um, on Friday and he was claimed by the Buffalo Sabres on Saturday. So good luck to Tyson Jost. He's a good guy. I hope he gets his career on track, um, but it just obviously wasn't working here. If Marco Rossi is sent to the minors, uh, don't like I keep on again. It's so frustrating to me seeing wild some wild fans just talk about him like he's just this bust. It takes a while. Look at guys like Jack Hughes. Look at Lafreniere. Look at Capo Caco. It takes a while for a lot of players to adjust. I mean, you know, Mason McTavish in Anaheim was supposed to be a guaranteed Calder Trophy winner this year, and he's not getting a ton of points every single night. It is it, This guy is a good hockey player, but he might need to go to Iowa and get some footing here and get some confidence back, and then eventually he'll come back. I really think that next year um, we're going to see a very different Marco Rossi after all the stuff that he learned this year on how to function in the National Hockey League. Um, Dean has been happy with him on the defensive side of the puck, um, loves his hockey sense, but obviously at some point you got to produce, and that's been one of the big issues with the Wild. Um, the Wild lately have been shuffling the deck of their bottom six forwards. They've had guys like Stephen Fogarty. They've had guys like um, you know Adam Beckman, who I thought played quite well. Um, they obviously have had Tyson Jost. Um, they bring up Nick Patan. Um, so clearly they're trying to reset some things here and figure out a lineup that works uh, and find lightning in the bottle until Ryan Hartman um, comes back. Uh, I did see Ryan Hartman on video in the wild locker room during the Alex Goligoski celebration. And the good news there is that he uh, he was spraying water bottle and his, his shoulder looked like... Um, you know, it's it's hopefully healing here because the Wilds certainly need him back. But um, it, so far, we have no timetable on him. Um, and, and we'll see how long it's going to take. Uh, Winnipeg comes to town Wednesday night. 
Toronto uh, for a matinee game the day after Thanksgiving. Then Arizona, Edmonton, and Anaheim uh, come to town to wrap up this uh, this homestand. And then the Wild hit the road again. They go to Dallas, and then they're flying right from Dallas to um, to Alberta to begin a, a road trip in Western Canada against Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. But they're going a little early between Dallas and Calgary rather than just coming back to the Twin Cities for a day. And they're going to actually go up to um, near Banff and have a little uh, get-together, a little outing, a little team bonding trip up there. Um, but uh, so far, um, you know, it was a feel-good story. Finally, that was actually my first winning game story that I wrote the other night. Um, since the game in Chicago that I covered, because if you remember, they came home, um, and didn't win. And then they went on the road and Joe Smith covered that one. Um, I am on the rest of the week till after Thanksgiving as Joe's going to head, uh, to see some family here. So it's, uh, so uh, get used to, um, reading me for a little while. I know that's going to be tough after reading all the incredible coverage from Joe Smith the last, uh, you know, a couple months since he's arrived in Minnesota to cover the wild with me and some national stuff as well. Um, so without further ado, here's Mason Shaw, but first here's a word from one of our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, as mentioned, uh, welcome uh, to Mason Shaw to Straight from the Source. And uh, Mason, um, man, this has been a long time coming. I'm sure you felt it <laughs> more than me, that's for sure. Yeah, um, there's definitely there's definitely days throughout your career where you wonder if you'll ever get to this point. And um, I feel like I've been fairly realistic throughout my journey and understood there was times where, you know, I might have been getting passed by their players mm -hmm. um, just by not playing hockey in general. So, um Definitely uh, been a whirlwind last couple of weeks for sure, but um, feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, I mean that, that that to me would be the biggest. Like you can almost play mental games with yourself, right? I mean, you, you're you, you know when you're when you're injured, you're seeing all the you know they're drafting guys, and it's just it, it's got to always feel like like there's somebody that's just passing you on the depth chart, and for you to be sitting here right now, it's got to be just beyond gratifying. Yeah, I mean this business is is a very hard one, right? I mean yeah. there's. There's so many awesome things about it, but there's also days that aren't so great with it, or maybe not, maybe shouldn't say so great, but that challenge you mentally big time. So, I mean, when you're sitting sidelined and every year there's, there's kids coming out of college, mm -hmm. there's, there's kids getting drafted. I mean, everyone's getting better every day. Everyone's coming for your job. So, um, definitely, definitely have been challenged mentally a lot, Yeah. which, which who hasn't been though to this point, really? I mean, everyone's, everyone's you know, to get to this point has had some adversity for sure. Um, Short is probably captain in any, in like professional sports history. Uh, just uh, you name captain. It had to be just a great day for you. Maybe actually sometimes bittersweet because it's probably also telling you like, all right, am I staying here forever? Well, I um, think in medicine hat, I might've even had a shorter one because I was named captain there. So the season hadn't even started yet. 
and I went to Traverse City, and obviously the injury derailed oh, my right. season. So at least in Iowa, I got a couple games yeah. in. <laughs> you did, now Traverse City, that was was that like the first day of Traverse City? Uh, got hurt or, or you know, I think it might have been the first or second game for sure. It was early. I remember. Um, that summer drafted, uh, had s- some good hockey Canada showings, was happy with how Traverse city was going. So, um, definitely that one was, was very upsetting in terms of you felt like you were falling behind a little bit cause you were on such a high and how things were going. Right. And then, uh, you get hurt during the playoffs a couple of years ago. That one was a dirty play. It felt like I, I was yeah. remember watching it, you know, in the corner, it felt like you got need. What's your reaction when you're like, Oh my God, not again. I mean, after, you know, going through it, I knew right away that, that, you know, something wasn't right and probably my ACL and the trainers are telling you to be positive. And when you go through it that many times, you're like, Hey, I realize something's wrong here. So, um, I'm, you know, something I take back from it was, was after the surgery happened, you had to wait a few weeks after and just driving back to the hotel after the surgery. I think my mom was there at the time and just being like, damn, this is, this is going to be a long, this is a long road back. And I don't know if, if I got it in me. Obviously, you're in the dumps at the time, but um, definitely wasn't sure at times if I could get to this point for sure. My, my colleague, uh, Joe Smith, actually uh, watched one of the home games a little bit with your dad right when you scored that game, too. I think your dad high-fived uh, my colleague. But one of the most, to me, poignant moments of the interview that Joe did with your father was that your father was actually working the farm at the time, texted your mom, and, and asked if it was your knee, and actually took a red-eye down and Iowa think he was going to get you for good. Yeah, I mean, you know, like everybody, parents in their hockey careers, extremely supportive, and and my dad's been nothing but that, and you know, you know, protective of me. He, you know, was maybe thought it was his job to say, hey, this maybe this isn't isn't for you anymore, kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. and certainly, I appreciate him just you right. know looking out for me, kind of thing. So he ended up, yeah, coming down, and um, you know, we were in the middle of play, you know playoffs and some chaos going back and forth between Minnesota and seeing doctors and stuff. But I think more so he just knew how upset I was going to be from it. And just, you know, having support around is very important. So, um, but you know, luckily I can sit here and talk with you about it. So it's good. Um, I thought one of the coolest parts of that story was your dad saying that guys like Cal O'Reilly, Matt Reed, Mike, you know, Lambus, um, uh, really, you know, sort of took care of you. I think that's, for me, the competitive side of hockey is, you know, being on the ice and battling and, and then there's the other side of it, like the teammates and the friendships, like I'll never find anything like this, you know, in my life away from it. And I feel like I'm so fortunate to have played with so many, you know, great players and, and guys that were mentors to me. My first year in Iowa, I felt like we had so many, um, great older guys that, that just took me under their wing. And, um, still to this day, like I talk to on a daily basis. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's something that uh, the game of hockey, that's why people fall in love with it is because, you know, the camaraderie and the people and the mm-hmm. friendships you make from it. And I've, I've been very fortunate to run into some great people. It's amazing to me that, uh, that Connor Durr is still in the hotel. <laughs> but, uh, like, he knows that he made this team right out of yeah. camp, right? Well, I, was, I mean, I really can't speak to how the whole housing letters and stuff get handed out. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, he was probably here since, what, after Christmas the whole time. And then... <laughs> I mean, we're almost at Christmas again, it seems like it's going to be here before we know it. But so, I mean, I think it took a little bit longer to find his place for sure. And right. it, it's, it's you know, we find ourselves pinching ourselves in the car talking yeah. about now we get to, to live together in Minnesota. Play yeah, in the so NHL. you guys are going to both move out and move in together? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Minneapolis, yeah, so, St. Paul, yeah, where are you Yeah, thinking? we got, Goose has a, Golgoski has a place oh, yeah. um, down 
uh, right in the North Loop, kind of down there, townhouse. Yeah, and across it's, the street from Middleton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Midzi will be, will be neighbors with Midzi, yeah. and um, it's just a perfect situation because yeah. it's fully furnished and yeah. it's going to be awesome. So we're we're really looking yeah. forward to that. Well, you're not going to believe this. A block away from that is Joe Smith, my colleague from the Athletic, and he is a karaoke superstar at the Vegas Lounge already. And I hear that's your hidden talent. Oh, that's yeah. We did a podcast on the. With, with the seven what is, what's it yeah, called again yeah, yeah. seven uh, I forget what it's Something called yeah. In there. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah and yeah they said what's your hidden talent and I said well karaoke I love I love singing karaoke I love singing anything really whether it be old rock or yeah. old country or whatever so I might have to go go check that place yeah, out I for should sure. tell you right now that Joe would love to do a duet with you and probably do a big story um I, I know you get asked this all the time, but tell everybody about Wainwright. You know, everybody, we're yeah, no, Twin it's Cities people. It's something I, you know, I love talking about and love love sharing the experience of home because I feel like it's so much different than than what we have for nine months of the year during the hockey season. Right. Um, you know, it's a it's a small town of about. Well, I can't say it's crazy small because there's small, but there's five thousand people in the area, and um, you know, let's get all the essentials in terms of what I need to, you know, become a hockey player. We're very lucky over the years. Um, Adam Hoxie's a trainer from back home that uh, we train in the curling rink at home and they actually keep the ice in winter in the summers now. So it's wow. for guys like myself and then Carson Susie and we're, you know, we're kind of around the six or seven pros now when there's, there's college kids and juniors. So um, that side of it's been awesome because I love just going home and, and being around the farm and, and, um, you know, it's kind of simple. It, it completely shifts your, it's a good break from, from what we, you know, do from the nine months of the year and you can kind of get away from hockey a little bit, but also, um, you know, you get a sense of, you know, being around the farm and hard work and what comes mm -hmm. with that too. So just values that I feel like are implied into my hockey game as well. And cattle farm, right? Yeah. 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 So we, yeah. So there's a cow farm, um, cow calf operation and, um, just been something that, you know, I got to thank my dad because he's the one taking care of him most of the time while I'm here. Right. Yeah. So, um, just a passion that we both have for it. And it started with my, my grandpa, Delmer Fletcher, he started the farm and, um, just something I've loved from a young age. So, um, being able to go home and, and be part of that. And it's just, it's it, like I said, it's totally different from something we do for the eight months of the year, but, um, something I have a huge interest in. And honestly, maybe when, when hockey's over, I, probably plan on getting into it a little bit more, but that's yeah. a long ways down the road, well, I guess. What is the biggest difference between Alberta beef and then what we would eat here? Alberta beef? Well, the beef down here is all, all uh, corn fed. So it definitely doesn't quite have the marbling that we get at home. But okay. um, my dad was just down here a few weeks ago. I feel like I kind of get used to the meat, but dad said he could tell a big difference in the steak. So that's how uh -huh. I, that's how I know for sure that, yeah. that El Alberta beef, we can pride ourselves on it. What's your favorite steakhouse here? Uh, I went to the, I've been to the butcher's and tail down by, um, down by North Loop, kind of like in Minneapolis, okay. it's been a it's been a good spot. So I went there a few times. So um, it's got good vibes in there and right. smokehousey smoke kind of feel and good steaks there. Okay. So you know you uh, you know uh, what's the one in Des Moines eight hundred one Shop House? There's oh, one in yeah. Minneapolis yeah. now too. Oh, is there? Yeah. yeah, we were all. I mean, our team meals for the start of the year in Des Moines, kind of like you know. Uh, tell the lead who the leaders are going to be the captains uh -huh. have a little meeting we used to always do it at 801 chop post and i went a few times so i'll definitely have to hit that up here right. because that's a great spot so the other a's are dakota mermis um, joe hicketts and fogarty okay and uh, as far as you know they're probably going to stick with three a's for us yeah of the year. i don't can't replace mason Shaw. <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know what's going to happen there i mean um i'm actually uh, hopefully in the next couple of days here when we get it 
a day or two off here. I'm going to rip down in the morning yeah. and get the rest of my stuff because I've been, I've been living out of a bag for the last yeah. month. So I'm stealing some of Boldy's clothes and whoever I can get my <laughs> hands on. So I'm going to go down there and, and get the rest of my stuff and hopefully grab a bite to eat with all the guys. And cause it gets hard, right? Like when the hockey season happens, you're with your team every day and it's, you try to stay in touch yeah. the best you can with everybody, but um, things happen, you know, change fast. So, yeah, I'm always fascinated by that. Like, uh, you know, uh, um, I, I can't remember if it was, oh, I was telling your uncle on Twitter that, that I remember Clutterbuck uh, was recalled from Houston once, just figured, all right, I'm going to drive my car to the airport, parked it there. A month and a half later, it was like a thousand bucks to the Houston airport. You're called up. You don't know how long you're staying. Your first stint here was a couple days. So, like, what do you bring on a, on a call up? And, well, I remember um, when Tim told me I was coming, it was right before the 10 day road trip. So, you just pack for 10 days. So, right. you pack a couple suits, a couple dress shirts as many pair of underwear and socks as you got <laughs> and then and then a pair of pants really so i didn't bring a whole bunch of stuff because you never you never really know how long you're going to be here for right. and i mean you're just you're just trying to make the most of every single uh -huh. day you have because you never you never know what's going to happen right so um you know i feel extremely grateful yeah. to have maybe a little bit of of balance now to to the rest of this season but at the same time, like we talked about, there's no time to take your foot off the gas right. in this league. So, what pos what possession of yours do you miss the most? That's been in Des Moines the last couple of weeks. My guitar, yeah, and that's what I miss. And you know what? Connor's got his in his hotel, so I've grabbed that a little bit. But that's the one thing that um, I've been trying to, you know, as guys are getting recalled, uh -huh. try to catch him in time to see if they can stop at my place and grab it. But uh, it hasn't worked out. But that's I got a guitar last um, last hockey season, and I feel like it's a great way to spend some free yeah. time and learn a thing and or two. And obviously you're a karaoke guy, so you're singing <laughs> exactly. too, right? I like country music, so uh -huh. it kind of fits to, you know, bring it out around the campfire or right. something like that or just playing by yourself yeah. at home. So that's that's the one thing I'm excited to get my hands back yeah. on. Was that your first time in Nashville last week? Yeah, that was yeah. my first time. I'd never been before, so. What'd you do? Uh, me, Bolds, Dewar, and Duham, we went and grabbed dinner, and then we just walked down Broadway. I mean, uh -huh. we didn't, I feel like I didn't necessarily get the full experience right. in Nashville, so I'll have to go back where yeah. you can where you can rip it up a little bit. Well, uh, you know, it's funny because I, I covered the first ever game in Nashville, first ever regular season game. Isn't that crazy? 90, 98. And back then, like, you know, early in my career before social media, night before a game, you'd see players all out in Tootsie's stage, yeah. you know, hockey time. But now with social media and Twitter and all that, it's hard to probably do that stuff on the road. Yeah, I think it's a little, it's different for sure. I mean, you're the one that's got to pay the consequences yeah. the next day. I mean, I guess... Some people can do it and others can't. Um, I'm so I'm so new to this league. I'm doing whatever yeah. I can to be ready for the game the next night. But no, I think everybody, you know, gets ready for games in their own way. And, yep. you know, we're men and we're mature at this level. Yep. We know what we need to do to get ready for games. So, but it was cool. It was, it was cool walking down that street. I can totally see why, you know, the buzz around there oh, and how yeah. it could be an absolute blast. So I know the team last year when they were there yep. for the, I think it was right after the deadline or something, had a really good time. So yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely a spot where, I got to get to and really enjoy it. Yeah, for we sure. were there twice in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, probably the only one that didn't have a good time was Matt Dumba. He had suffered an unbelievably gruesome injury down there. Just uh, spent time in the hospital, oh, collapsed long. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me, like, uh, you know, I was thinking this last night is watching you play uh, Crosby and Malkin, and, and you got uh, Shifley and Connor coming in this week, and then Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid. Tries a bigger thrill playing them or Carson Soucy? Because uh, I know how close you two yeah. are. Yeah. You know what? I, playing Seuss was really cool. I think it was a cool, in a sense, that we lived together in Iowa. Mm -hmm. um, we push each other 
so much in the summer to try to get to this point, right? So it was really cool playing him. You know, we kind of smile at each other in warm-ups. But then as soon as the puck drops, I mean, yeah, if I could have hit him from behind to get a puck, I probably would have, and he probably <laughs> would have done the same to me. Right. So, um, but at the same time, I mean, the, also playing against, you know, guys I grew up watching, yeah. you know, as a young kid screaming in the basement, and yeah. now, you know, I'm out there against him, and I'm, I'm – trying to take it to him kind of thing i'm trying to keep you know earn a spot here and 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 help this team win a hockey game so i remember my first year in training camp um after being drafted i was a little bit starstruck at you know i've seen eric stahl or like zach prezi because i've being from wainwright i never skated with nhlers in the summer or anything like that so i remember my first year i was i was pretty starstruck you know to come Uh here and now you know now i'm playing against the best players in the world and yeah. if you're gonna sit there and drool over them they're gonna take advantage right. of you so my mentality is it's it's another player and you do what you got to do to help this team yeah. win so i had up volstead on the last week's podcast and that's what he, he said he, his yeah. biggest moment was dallas he goes i yeah. remember playing tyler sagan and jd totally. ben in nhl games and right you know over since sweden next thing you know they're shooting on yeah those. exactly i mean and it, you know, you're drafted, you want to get to this level and you want to get to the point where you can play against the best players in the world. So, um, you know, now that I'm here, I'm, you're one of those players now too, you know, yeah. maybe you're not quite the superstar that they are, but you're trying to get yourself yeah. to that point. So I try not to, uh, try not to read into too much who you're playing against, you know, on a, on a nightly basis and focus more about on yourself. Mm-hmm. The, um, uh, by the way, what did you do with your first like NHL check, uh, when that came in anything? You know what? I've I've still drive the same 2007, 2007 Chevy I've had since I was seventeen. Wow. I love it. I uh, nothing nothing too crazy. I don't have any. Uh-huh. I don't have any crazy story that's going to light anything up. So I feel like uh, been been half ass smart with my money a little bit. So hopefully <laughs> keep it that way. That's awesome. Um, it's funny because uh, because like I was thinking this the other day, like w- just watching you you play. I mean, you know, like I still remember that day you were drafted, and you know, here you are here, and it, it's just you know, it's it's got to be one of the biggest feel good stories in wild history. I mean, you Spurge, like people like that. That you know, pe- I remember when Spurgeon was recalled for his twenty first birthday, yeah. um, and somebody from the Wild actually gave me the scoop the night before he was calling up. I just wrote back, "LOL." Yeah, like, and now here he is, the captain. Totally, you like, know. I, th- I feel like, yeah, like what a cool story for Spurge, and yeah, and totally deserving of everything he's ever gotten in his career. Right, like just an extremely humble person, hardworking, great role model for someone like myself and, and guys in the organization. And for myself, I I wouldn't want it any other way. Now that I'm here, I mean, I look back at all the things that I had to go through to get to this point, and maybe you never would have got to this point if you didn't have that adversity mm-hmm. or, or things to go through. So you learn a lot about yourself. And I feel like I've also cherished the game of hockey a lot more knowing there's been, you know, winters where I'm without a team, essentially I'm sitting at right. home rehabbing my knee, you know, being the only thing you want to do is just go sit in a locker room and have a coffee and make fun of guys or get made fun <laughs> of kind of thing. Right. So, um, I think, um, you know, when I look back, I have a lot of pride in how I got to this point. And like I said, I don't know if I'd want it any other yeah. way. What's downtown Wainwright like? Is it a small little town? Like, a, Yeah, a, we got, I think we got three streetlights, maybe. Wow. Three streetlights. Um, I don't think there'd be a building that'd be taller than two or three stories. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice clean town. I mean, all my friends and family are still around there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me to get back there in the summers, you know, I'm not sure what this summer will look like, but always something I've enjoyed doing and 
Um, just anything outside, right? Like, I feel like it's just wide open spaces at home where you never feel like you're trapped. And, you know, I can take your dirt bike out for a rip with your neighbor or do whatever. Or, you know, I got a lot of cousins that are into rodeo and stuff. So they're always, out, you mm -hmm. know, riding horses and stuff. So I just, you know, stuff I enjoy being able to go out and take advantage of every day. So um, Wainwright, uh, Wainwright definitely holds a special place in my heart. Yeah. Um, let's go to Twitter questions. It's, it is funny because what you just said, somebody actually did uh, ask. They said, if you had to think back at your journey, would this actually be the way that you would choose it? Because, you know. <laughs> you I know. mean, if I was 16, <laughs> probably not. If you were getting drafted, you'd have yeah. been playing in the NHL at 21 or 20. Yeah. But um, like I said, you, you know, you learn a lot about, yourself to get to this point and i think um yeah looking back on it maybe i wouldn't want to have it any other way because i feel like i'm going to make the most of every opportunity i have and i just you know mentor like cody mcleod i talk you know he's now in management so it's a little bit different you know but you know one of my best friends for the last two or three years and you know he always told me like if you get that opportunity don't let anybody take it uh -huh. and you know it's that's easier said than done for sure but i i think bringing that mentality is to my game whether it was in des moines or here mm -hmm. is what's got me to this point for sure um tell everybody uh, how bill Guerin told you that you were staying it's if, if you didn't read joe smith's story i could almost yeah. hear you telling him it was so funny yeah so uh, after the game we were just sitting in a in our dry stall like this and um hard fought win everyone was feeling good seattle seattle yep. yep after the game in seattle so we're sitting in there and didn't have a shirt on and bill comes in and he goes shazi you got a second and you know, everyone, we were all in there, everyone kind of stares at me and I'm like, oh God, and I yeah. you know I've been sent down enough to know that when the coach or the GM calls you in his office, you know, whether you played well or not, doesn't always mean yeah. the best news, right? So put on my sweaty shirt I just wore for the game and um, walked in there nervous and opened the door and all the coaches were in there, no one was saying nothing. And Bill just goes, we're gonna, we're gonna send you to Iowa and kind of paused and I was like, all right. You know, I thought I was playing pretty good at the time, but um, he, I was like, all right. And he goes, so you can grab the rest of your stuff and come get a place up in Minnesota. Like you've earned wow. it, you've earned that. So, and then I think that's what he said. I'm not going to lie. I kind of, I kind of blacked out a little bit. I, I uh -huh. feel like I forgot what was said after that, but um, you know, just a, a point in your career that you maybe never thought you would get yeah. to. So like, you know, I'm, and in saying this at the same time, like by no means does that, yeah. does that mean you can take your foot off the gas or take a breath? But, um, definitely, uh, was a very cool moment. And I think, I think Bill got a bit of a chuckle out of it for sure. <laughs> Gave <laughs> Maybe you a, a little attack. more than yeah, I yeah. did. But it's always a memory that you'll have the rest of your yeah. NHL career. Yeah, it's, it's pretty totally. cool. You know, it's funny because, um, I asked Tony DeCosta the other day, the Wilds head equipment manager since day one here. Um, I'm like, have you guys ever changed a number mid season? Because I don't remember that. And he was trying to think of maybe Charlie Coyle was 63 and changed to three, but I actually think that was in the off season. And he said, the big reason with you was one, Billy said change his number, but he said, you know, he said 58 is just a number that, somebody's gonna always chirp you and say when are you going back to iowa you know like he's like he's like he he turns to beckman he goes like you will have to think about because like 53 yeah. is a better number than 58 yeah. Yeah. um but so like they come to you they say all right what do you want to change your number yeah. to and you right away say can i have 15 well um so we were on the plane heading home from seattle because we stayed the night and then didn't, didn't fly till the next day so tony called me up and uh, he's like do you want to change your number and i was like well am i allowed like i don't want to be <laughs> overstepping anything here or causing the scene by any I'll means. I'll take 97. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, fuck. That'd be the last thing I'd even consider. But, um, yeah, so I was, he's like, yeah, you can change it. So, um, 
15 was what I wore growing up in Wainwright. My yeah. dad wore it growing up. So I would have worn it in Madison hat in my junior career and I would have worn it in Iowa, but it was always taken. So, um, you know, being able to wear it here is, is, yeah. is really cool. And it kind of feels like, you know, it's my hockey career coming full circle almost to this point. Yeah. And your dad was, that was his number of holds yeah, on growing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he just played like junior B hockey and senior hockey at home. Yeah. But to me, that's all I knew, um, you know, growing up. So I thought that was the greatest yeah. thing that if I could play senior hockey for the Wayne wrestlers, I was, yeah. I was really making it. <laughs> uh, the, by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, the day this comes out on Monday, we're going to have a really cool story on the meaning of everybody's numbers uh, on the wild. And it's really neat. We have uh, Mason obviously in there. One of my favorite stories, un unfortunately, it's bittersweet because he was just placed on waivers is Tyson Jost. Jost gets traded to Minnesota and, um, you know, he gets here from, from, uh, Denver, he gets a call from Tony DeCosta, like, what numbers do you want? Here's what's available. And he goes, I'll just take 10. <laughs> and then he goes, he, get, he gets here and he starts looking through the numbers of who's worn 10 in wild history. He sees Gabrick and he's like, God, I wish somebody told me that. You yeah, know? This, it's not like he's the first yeah. number 10 since Gabrick. But. And you know what? That's, that's kind of like me. I mean, you know, Andrew Burnett is, yeah. you know, heater, heater. And, <laughs> and actually even Matt Hendricks, he was the last one to wear it. And I got a great relationship with Hendy too. And he's been someone that's been, yeah. you know, great for my career. Also my first line mate I had yeah. at a, at training camp here, my first year, Matt Reed and Matt Hendricks are my line mates. Yeah. And, um, so I met, you know, I messaged me or whatever, congrats on the number. And I asked him, I said, is there any goals left in this number? And he goes, I think there's a few, <laughs> there's That's, a few left yeah. in there. He was a shootout superstar yes. though. Yes. Uh, oh, I remember, Hendricks. well, growing up, I watched the Oilers quite a bit too, right? Yeah. So I remember when he had his stints with the Oilers, yeah. the paralyzer, he had that one patented shootout yeah. move. So I remember yeah. that big time. I, I know being a big Oiler guy, I mean, what's it going to be like to play, um, uh, like, you know, McDavid, Dreisaitl, R&H, who I'm sure you've yeah. watched since yeah. you were really young. Yeah. I I mean, these is these are guys I've I've watched for a long time. Um, obviously, Dry Settle, McDavid, a little bit more new, but you see them all the time, uh -huh. right? So, um, I think it'll be more so just cool to you know to have my family and friends there. That's kind of like the hometown game, you yeah. could say, right? Close to close to Wayne, right? So, I know I've had people reach out about it, you know, already, and mm -hmm. I think more so having them in the building will mean more to yeah. me than you know versus the, the team you grew up cheering for. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I'm not sure what the lineup will look like on that night or whatnot, right. but um, it'll be it'll be a very yeah. special moment for sure. Would you go on the off day? Would you try to go back to Wainwright? Honestly, that's I. It would be nice to. I would love to to go Depends and jump in the on. tractor right. and go help dad for a day, kind of thing, <laughs> and feed feed some cows. But I don't I don't even know what our schedule right, looked right. like to that point. Um, I'm a, I'm still about an hour and a half from the yeah. city from Edmonton, so. Um, it, it seems like, you know, once we, the season gets going and stuff like yeah. your days, you're just, if you have a chance to take a couple hours and mm -hmm. rest, you take advantage of it. So we'll see what happens. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. It would right. be nice to for sure. But at the same time, yeah. I got to make sure I'm, you know, my priorities are so obviously Bill Guerin, who's your favorite oiler uh, growing up. I always, I always liked Alish Hamsky, which really? is, which is kind of always injured, which is kind of, yeah, maybe that's why, <laughs> that's why I had this come on me, but knee injuries um, too. And, I, I just, yeah. You know, he had the Number tinted 83. visor, 83. He was an exciting player. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't really say my game's anything like his, to be honest. Yeah, but big right-handed yeah, shot. Yeah, dangling and high skill set where I feel like I'm a little more meat and potatoes. And But that was, you know, that was the Oiler jersey yeah. I had when I was younger was Hemsky and I had a chance to meet him once. So that was that yeah. was my favorite player. Hemsky was one of those guys, like if he could have stayed healthy, he truly could have been a superstar. Absolutely. Like he had yeah. all the skill set. He reminded yeah. me, uh, I covered a guy in Florida, Victor Kozlov, that yeah. same thing. Like to me, it was just sort of a waste what he could have become mm -hmm. because yeah. he was so 
good. Absolutely. Um, so we asked favorite team growing up, uh, favorite player growing up. Uh, Catherine, I think it's Catcher on the Rise. Sorry, wants to know favorite movie. Uh, one of my favorite movies, um, I got a couple, so I'll list a few off here. Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. I think that's a classic. Yep. Um, for a comedy Step Brothers, I mean, the one-liners in that are great. And then there's this movie called Eight Seconds. It's about a bull rider, Lane Frost, and um, that's one of my that's one of my all-time right. favorites for sure. Yeah. Have you ju- done that before? No, no, I've never jumped on a bull or nothing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's uh, that'll be the best thing for my career, especially my niece. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben wants to know what's it like to be a fan favorite on a team that has Kirill Kaprizov and Mark Andre Fleury. I think I'm sure you're starting to witness how, like, I, I don't know how big you're on social media, but I, I don't know if you've started to recognize how like tickled wild fans are about you uh, getting this chance. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I ch- I try to just kind of re- stay away from it a right. little bit. I think, um, you know, I I totally understand it's it's part of you know part of today's society. I stay away from it a little bit. So um, I guess if I'm if I have a few fans out there, it must mean I'm doing something mm-hmm. right. So I'll try to get a few more. Uh, Walter wants to know about the chemistry that you have uh, with Connor Durr. You know, it, it does feel like Durr's game has really taken off since you were recalled as well. You talked about your friendship off the ice. What is it about him that, that you know, like he's one guy that I feel like we haven't tapped into yet to try to figure out what his personality is totally. coming out slowly. Totally. And, and that's, that's yeah. how it is. I mean, that's how I met him too is I feel like I didn't talk to him for the first two months in Iowa. Like uh-huh. that's just how he is. But um, I think it works because both just – ultra competitive people and um you know he's been a leader everywhere he's went he plays the game the right way um you know not necessarily the highest draft pick and Mm -hmm. and had to work for it so and our our games are are similar on the ice it's a simple game where um we have speed and and just try to grind teams down so and then like you talk about the the off-ice chemistry i feel like it it helps us out very much i mean he's gonna be my roommate here soon but um you know this is something we've dreamed about was playing um you know, in the NHL together. And I know mm-hmm. when I got sent down um, at the start of the year, like, you know, he sent me a text that meant a lot. And he's just like, go do your thing. You're going to be back here and we're going to yeah. do something big here one day kind of thing. And I mean, if you don't have people like that, you know, giving you those reminders, it's yeah. hard to get to this point. So, and then we just, you know, we play every game like it's our, yeah. like it could be our last year. Cause we still have, you know, we're still both so yeah. fresh in this league and have so much to prove. So, um, you know, it couldn't be a better fit for me right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, two young guys, you know, and I, you know, with Marco in the mix right now too, like that's, that's three young guys where we're trying to, we're trying to take pride in, mm-hmm. in bringing some energy and in doing the right thing and earning the trust of the coach, because, uh, you know, it's not necessarily going like we want it to right now. Yeah. And, you know, even, you know, come to the rink today, pissed off. Right. And, right. and you want to, and you want to make a difference. So, um, you know, me and Colin both want to, and, um, hopefully uh moving forward some more success it is really cool that you're here because i remember throughout the end of training camp uh bill Guerin kept on telling me how much he wanted to get you a rostered spot on this team and just was trying to figure out yeah. ways and and obviously you earned your spot uh, you know through injuries but yeah. that's how Cle- Cal clutterbuck yeah. wound up in the nhl yeah. he shows up because marion gabbert got into a um a gut, pulled his groin playing soccer hacky sack down in florida yeah like three or five games into the season never left it's mm-hmm. crazy how that works yeah you know? i think i think it started in the summer for me and i'm mm-hmm. i realized the point i'm at in my career um i'm not 20 i'm not 21 anymore i'm getting to the point where um i don't want to be an american leaguer for life yeah. and um it's so easy to get pigeonholed and it is absolutely yeah. and like this is what we yeah. talked about where where guys are, are passing you and mm-hmm. and by no means do i mean anything um 
negative towards you know playing the American League. That league yeah. is awesome. There's so many good players there. But I, I wanted to get to the NHL, and so I feel like I, I took that mindset into the summer more than I ever have before. Yeah. And I came to camp, and I was just like, I can't do something I've just always done in the past to get by. And well, he's working hard. He sh he showed well. Maybe you know, yeah. maybe get a call up. We'll see. I had to do something more, and um, I think I just made my mind up yeah. when I came to camp, and it it translated pretty early into the season, and you know you get an opportunity to come up here with injuries you want to reward you know the gm you want to reward the coach for giving you these opportunities mm -hmm. i mean dean's put me in some positions where you know i've got to play you know more minutes than i ever thought i would and, right. and there's a sense of uh you know wanting to prove these people right for giving you this opportunity and mm -hmm. and it you know it's not necessarily there's so many good players it's not if they can play it's if they're given the opportunity to right. so um, you know, you just try to reward the coaches for giving you that opportunity or management. So, um, definitely owe a lot to them for, yeah. for giving me this opportunity. A couple more for you, uh, Mason. Uh, you've been really generous with your time. Um, uh, Gagne rocks 13, which I assume must be a Dave Gagne fan who I covered actually in Florida. Okay. Wants to know your favorite memory playing for Iowa or in Iowa. Uh, I would say my favorite memory would be our first year. And it was the first year they made the playoffs and stuff. And we, uh, we lost, I think like eight in a row. Like we had the playoffs locked up. And then we got Don Donato, Coonan, and Greeny sent down to us. Yep, we had to win the last that. three games. So we won the last three games. Cal O'Reilly wins the one in uh, in an overtime, which we had to win. So yep. I would say that uh, that portion, the last couple, the last week of the season, in, in the set of playoffs, there, it's probably my greatest memory I had in, in Iowa. And that group of guys, you know, Andrew Hammond, Cal O'Reilly, Mike Lambis, like the list goes: Nate Prosser, yeah. Matt Reed. These are guys I talk to, you know, every day yeah. still, and um, just great friends. So those are those are probably my my greatest memories in Des Moines. But nothing yeah. but nothing but great things to say about the city. Coming from coming from from Canada, I didn't really even know where Iowa was in the first place. I had no <laughs> clue what I was getting into. But for me, it was uh, never really living in a big city before. Not that Des Moines, Iowa, is a, yeah. that big of a city compared to others in the states, but. Um, was you know definitely holds a special place in my heart yeah. felt like a second yeah. home for a Those long time great that was a great team too i mean sam annas jerry mayhew absolutely o'reilly was just awesome that yeah. year and that's like that's what yeah. i talk about i mean we have you know we have fantasy football group yeah. chats we you know we talk all the time jerry got married last year and half the team was there yeah. at his wedding so just just cool things like that right yep no doubt um john want to know your one best advice that you received during your comebacks and who is the biggest people in your life that that really supported you i mean i assume obviously your mom and dad yeah um do you know what i think to to necessarily put a, a sentence or a phrase or a line on on what would be my biggest piece of advice i don't necessarily know if i have that but it was, it was for sure my parents i mean i did a lot of the rehab right at home so you know being under their roof while they you know, my dad works a full-time job as well as, as doing the stuff on the farm. And so does my mom. So just, you know, seeing how hard they work, it was pretty easy for me to get up every day and, and go spend my couple hours of physio, you know, to get, to get back to playing hockey again. So, um, those two are definitely my biggest supporters in getting back. And, um, I mean, if you have a dream, just keep chasing it. I mean, I know that's very cliche, but if you want something bad enough that, and you work hard enough at it, you'll find your way to, to the level you want to get to. And, um, you know, fortunately for me, that persistence has paid off. I'm trying to find this one tweet I got from, I think it was, uh, I'll just try to remember. It was Lake, Lake Hockey Academy uh, up in Brainerd. I wanted to know, like, one, will you be back there this summer? But two, what was it like living in Brainerd uh, for parts of last summer? Yeah, so that's uh, that's a hockey camp put on by Mitch McLean. Oh, okay. And uh, so that I'm was my... Good Minnesota yeah, boy. Yeah, absolutely. So that was my... 
that's one of my best friends right there. And, uh, he's put on this hockey camp for the last two summers. So he was my roommate in Iowa for two uh -huh. or three years. And, um, yeah, this summer for July, I went up and helped him and Cole Smith and they've assembled at Joe Fraser, who's a coach in medicine, who's actually my mm -hmm. assistant coach in medicine hat. He helps coach this camp. So I went there for a month in July and, um, yeah, it was awesome. You know, we also, you know, we got to take care of our own training and then mm -hmm. being able to help out some kids and stuff in the hockey camp was great. So, um, to the shield, I guess I'll be back for sure. I'm just not sure how long this year, but right. I'll be back. Wasn't actually Mitch, um, am I getting this wrong? Was it, wasn't he like, um, when you got hurt your third time, wasn't he somebody that like immediately was in front of you? Like uh, yeah. some story I remember yeah. where, where basically when you got off the ice, he was right there to sort of, yeah. Well, I remember like Mitch, Mitch wasn't playing at that time in, in Milwaukee. Um, so, and, and this is, by, that, by this point in the season, Mitch was one of my best friends. Um, mm -hmm. so we gotten real close, so he wasn't playing. And then obviously you seen the injury and I go to the room and, um, yeah, I, I remember he was like the first one right there. And I remember, you know, chucking my helmet, freaking out. Cause I knew what was, you know, third ACL. Like I remember. So you knew even before yeah, you got it. The doctor uh, said, I, I knew that I've had it happen before. And, you know, I remember sucking him being like, this, that's it. I'm done. Wow. Like, this is man. Been good run, but this is it. Like I'm now you're obviously emotional. And at that time, and that was just a guy who's, who's kind of steady as a rock for me and always has been that way. And just like, mm -hmm. no, you'll get through this. And, you know, definitely uh a moment where you appreciate it you know to have good friends like that that's, that's for sure. awesome a uh, couple more quickies i yeah. promise uh, uh awesome wants to know your pregame music pregame music yep so um i'll jump around i like this uh country singer kind of like country rock named hardy uh he's got some some good music that i like to listen to and then anything uh you know, my favorite music's country for sure, but um, I like rock in terms of getting ready before a game or something like that. Right. Nickelback yes. from Alberta. <laughs> we actually had that going in the room today. That's funny. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Medicine Hat Memories from uh, uh, Nannerson, I think, asked this question. Uh, yeah, just uh, your first time being away from home. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my, my times in Medicine Hat, we never had a team that went to a championship or a Final Four, but always good teams that made the playoffs. And Medicine Hat's another really cool spot where it's not a it's not a big city but you know they get right behind junior hockey and the tigers are are super historic there yeah. so um yeah didn't they sell out some this guy actually wrote on twitter they saw like 197 yeah, straight games yeah and they, and they did when they were in the old rink so when we okay. switched to the new rink they didn't sell out because you know a lot more seats right. and stuff but um just to, you know i don't the team's been there forever like right. one of the oldest teams in the western hockey league so and actually even before this season i stopped in there for four days before i came down to skate yeah. with some of the guys and stuff so um you know another another special place that wouldn't be where i am today without yeah. the help of that um sheb wants to know funniest teammate on the team right yeah. now uh i find myself I find myself laughing at so many, but, um, John Merrill and, and Matt Zuccarello, uh -huh. I feel like I find myself just staring at Zuki all the time, just his facial expressions or yeah. just watching him and Krill interact. I just, <laughs> I find myself staring and just giggling at them because they're, they're great. So I would say, and then Johnny Merrill, what a cool dude. I mean, there's, yeah. you can have a conversation with anything with him yeah. and, um, He's you got know. the greatest wardrobe too. I can't yeah. wait till you see him in Florida when he finally like starts putting on like t-shirts and stuff. He, yeah. Like, oh yeah. He's got the Velcro shoes. Oh my like, God. It's crazy. I love it. I love his approach. Like yeah. he doesn't give a shit what anyone thinks yeah, about him. Like and that's, that's how, I, that's how everyone should be. Like who do we got to impress here? Yeah. Like comfortable in your own skin. You do what you want. So yeah, yeah he's awesome. And 
you know, another guy that was just extremely welcoming when I first got here, even last year, I know the one day in LA when I was up, he took me to the beach with him and, and Bugers with him. So just extremely welcoming to everybody. And, and it, you know, when he can make you laugh, that's another reason you yeah. want to be around him. So, yeah, I think that's, that's special. I mean, that those are the type of things that like fans media, we never see, yeah, right. You yeah, know, exactly. Even just, like that was one thing that to me was the best part of what your dad was saying to Joe Smith. What, you know, how like guys like Mike Leambus and Matt Reed and Kyle Riley helped you. That's stuff that we would never yeah. get to see, you know? And, and I mean, you know, we see the product on the ice and when it's not going good, I don't blame people. You get, right. they ride you a little bit and you know, we come to the rink today pissed off, like not happy with how it's going and, and we want to get this thing turned around, but you can't do that alone. And then, you know, that locker room is tight and uh -huh. sure it's not going our way right now, but we'll break through and, and that's that's the things that's kind of behind yeah. the scenes that that holds this this operation yeah. together and that's going to get us through us is, right. is the people in the locker room um last question of the podcast we know that you're uh, matt damon's doppelganger uh, we saw that we see that say that with nate prosser yeah. and stifler right sean yeah. wayne scott yeah um what's your favorite matt damon uh either acted movie or produced movie or directed movie or what oh see this is where i'm bad i'm not i I couldn't tell you a movie that Matt Damon's in uh -huh. off the top of my head. I'll, if I seen titles of it, I'd be like, yeah, I like that one. So if, if someone can help me out and, and give me a suggestion yeah. on the Matt Damon movie to I would watch. I go with Good Will Hunting. It's Good a classic. Good Will Hunting? Okay. Yeah. Then if we'll, you've we'll never seen it, you should see it. It's, it's Robin Williams, uh, you know, uh, Ben Affleck. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. I've, I've heard of the Good, the Good Will Hunting movie for sure. But honestly, I've just, the Matt Damon doppelganger, I've just, I've got yeah. told that a lot before. So yeah. That's not. That's play you in the that, uh, feel good movie. That that's, you're, that's not a bad yeah. comparison whatsoever. Yeah. So I'll take that. Hey Mason, really, really appreciate it. Especially, I mean, I told you twenty minutes. It's been forty, so uh, I owe you something. Uh, really, really appreciate it. It's been, like I said, I mean, you know. You know, I, like part of me feels guilty. It's like, you know, you always put like uh, like in depth charts in the summertime. All right, here are the roster hopefuls. And like, you know, I should have probably had you first. And, you know, next thing you know, uh, here you are. And uh, I think it's just uh, one of the great stories in wild history. You know, I've always said that Spurgeon to me is like, you know, here's yeah. a guy that signs as a junior free agent. Yeah. None of us had ever heard of. Yeah. Next, you know, he's called up on his 21st birthday. He basically never leaves. Yeah. He's the captain, captain of the team. And, and you say thing for what you've overcome to get to this point. It's got to be just amazing. Amazing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I said, I don't yeah. think I'd, I'd have it any other way. And, um, the experiences you learn from in the past can yeah. you know, only make you stronger. So yeah. no, I appreciate you. And thanks for the, for having me yeah. on the podcast you know, here. You should be proud. Uh, that is Mason Shaw, the, uh, shortest captain in Iowa wild history and a shorter stint in medicine had apparently, uh, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Thanks to Mason Shaw for joining straight from the source this week. Again, big week for the Wild ahead. The Winnipeg Jets come to town Wednesday night. Toronto Maple Leafs come to town on Friday. And uh, then the Arizona Coyotes on Sunday. Matt Fairburn, our great Buffalo Sabres writer who gets to cover Tyson Jost in the foreseeable future. He joins Ian Mendes and Julian McKenzie this week on the Athletic Hockey Show. And Joe Smith, my colleague here in Minnesota, joins Jesse Granger and I 
on the Athletic Show Roundtable on Wednesday. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating and review. Subscribe to The Athletic's NHL YouTube channel at youtube.com slash The Athletic Hockey Show. All our Athletic Hockey Show podcasts are on that YouTube channel, and you can see my beautiful face. Our Black Friday sale begins today, Monday, November 21st, through the end of the day, the following Monday, November 28th. Get a new subscription to The Athletic for just a buck a month per month for 12 months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source again a buck a month for 12 months when you visit theathletic.com straight from the source but you got to do it now because it only lasts a week this incredible promotion or best promotion of the year this is michael russo happy thanksgiving everybody until the next time on straight from the source Mm -hmm.